Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. Hello and welcome to Stress Test, um, uh, our first show of the new year. We're very happy to have uh, a very special guest today, Bill Manhire, um, who is in New Zealand and um, I think definitely the first time on this show, it's Tuesday for him and it's Monday for us. Um, Hi Bill, how are you? Hi, I'm very well, thank you, Joe. Uh, and where are you? Where am I? I'm in a little beach settlement called Waikanae, which is about an hour, <coughs> an hour north of uh, Wellington. And there's some very bad weather coming, apparently, so I won't be dashing down to the beach for a swim. <laughs> what time is it? What time is it? It's about quarter to nine in the morning. Yeah, Quarter to nine in the morning, okay. Yeah. That's great. And John, where are you and what time is it? Uh, I am in Norwich in the United Kingdom, um, where it is, well, evening time. That's what you're going to say about that. Um, what else would you like to know? <laughs> I'm on, I'm, I've just moved to my sofa because I was sitting at my desk and um, it didn't feel right. I've, right. I felt like um, I wanted some cushioning. Um, well, I am in amongst lots of packed up books and boxes in that weird, slightly alienated feeling of having packed everything up because we've got a painter coming. So probably all my poems are going to be melancholy. Um, so I look forward to that. Um, so we're very happy to have Bill on the show today. Bill's new collection is called Wow, and it's published in the UK by Carcanet. And who's the publisher in, in New Zealand, Bill? Uh, Victoria University Press, yeah, who do quite a lot of poetry, which is nice. We've got good university presses in the country. Uh, yeah, and you 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 teach there as well, is that right? No, I'm a I'm a, I'm a wholly retired person now, but I, I did teach at Victoria. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, according to your Wikipedia, uh, maybe I'm, I, I miscounted. This is I want to say your nineteenth, at least your nineteenth book of book, if not your nineteenth collection of poems. Is that is that right? Oh, I, I, I really don't know. I, I'd say about a dozen proper books, really. About, about a dozen yeah. proper books. Yeah, Wikipedia sort of counts uh, <laughs> sort of ephemeral little sort of things, yeah. Okay. Um, and I guess it's, it's interesting before we we start writing poems to hear a little bit about what your normal writing process is. How do you approach writing poems normally? <clears throat> Yeah, that's very hard. I mean, the word normal's a bit hard, but <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think what I what I like to do is be free to follow a phrase or or a, or a cadence or something like that. Uh, the, the 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 definition of poetry that I've always liked or came across about five years ago and, and repeated anyone who who will listen, uh, is, is, is one from Valerie, I think, which is something like uh, a poem is a prolonged hesitation between sound and sense. <clears throat> and I take that to mean a prolonged hesitation between the music of, of the words and, and the meanings of the words. Mm. And uh, I love it. This is not exactly you know, process as it were, but but I, I love it when I get into that position where I don't know whether I'm following the music or following the meaning. You know, I, the, the hesitation place is, is the great place. And if, yeah. if, you can, if you can get both things going at the same time as you hesitate over them, yes, then everything's yeah. working, you know. 
that's it. That rare coming together when you feel like the ear and the the meaning are both um, in full flow. Well, maybe we could, um, on that note, maybe we could hear hear a poem from Wow and uh, before we start writing. Okay. Well, maybe I'll I'll do the title poem. Uh, great. Which I think is fairly great, straightforward. It's it bounces along, but it's got that sort of melancholy that you mentioned earlier. <laughs> wow. Big brother says also, but the baby always says wow. Though soon enough she too is saying also and listening to her father say later and to the way her mother sighs and says now would also be a very good time. The ghost would love to say also, but cannot actually say anything aside from that quiet whooshing sound. And now there are babies everywhere, all saying wow for a time. And the children grow and the children grow and the wife goes off for a bit of a break and never comes back. Also, the lawn gets away on him, one thing after another. Now, the old fellow wants his bed sheets changed. No one the fuck to do it. Also, the nappies they make him wear. Also, he wants an apple and new teeth to eat it. But in this place where he has recently landed, which is where he has always been, every day is day after day, so you cannot have everything, the whole lot, has to be later. Listen hard now to how we all say goodbye and maybe and wait just a minute, not hearing the world say back to us, wow, there's not much difference in it. In this way, you will get to hear his very last sigh, the sound of a plane powering down when it reaches the gate and all of us getting to our feet. No, it's so good. Thank you mm. so much. That was really nice. Well, we can safely say the poems are going to um, go downhill from that point. So that's a nice expectation setter. Um, <laughs> so yeah, let, let's start with some music and let's all write a poem. So we're going to hear John's songs first. Um, John, do you want to talk us through your songs and give, try and find some titles for us? Yeah, okay. Um, so... Um... Uh, I've got four songs. Um, I'll give you the titles from them, or sort of suggested titles, really, because some of them won't work. Um, the first one is um, Because the Night. So yeah. that is a potential title. Um, and that is by Patty Smith. I thought possibly Patty Smith could be a potential title too. <laughs> and the next song is Guacamole by the Super Fairy Animals, mm. um, where the main line is sleep deprivation sort of a song about sleep deprivation as much as it's, as it's a song about anything and um, so um those are two more options guacamole or sleep deprivation uh, the third song is called anyone else but you so that might be a nice title mm. and the fourth one is called cole's corner uh, by richard hawley um and cole's corner is just a street in sheffield so I thought Coles Corner might be a bit obscure, but a street in Sheffield. Um, so they're the options. A street in Sheffield, guacamole, sleep deprivation, anyone else but you, because the night, or Patty Smith. Um, Bill, do you have do any of those titles um, appeal to you at this point? <laughs> uh uh, I've, I've, I've got a bowl full of avocados <coughs> in the other room, which are all getting too ripe. Uh, <laughs> I, I, but I, I think I like anyone else but you, really. Yes, I was thinking that. Mm. I feel there are several directions you could take there. Uh, okay, great. Yeah, but I like all of those, actually. I'd like to read all those poems. I'd like to read Patti Smith, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to write it, but I'd like to read it. <laughs> yeah. You should have her on the show. She would probably do it. Oh my yeah. god, that's a good idea. That's a great idea. Yeah. I was reading an amazing poem of her in the, hers in the New Yorker the other day. So great. Um, yeah. About dear. Anyway, let's go with anyone else but you then. Uh, if you are at home and you want to write along, we'd love to hear from you. Um, you can send us poems on Twitter at, at Stress Test Soho. And yeah, we're going to have 15 minutes of music from John and then we'll come back and 
read our poems and talk about them. Welcome back to Stress Test on Soho Radio. We have our very special guest, Bill Manhire, with us in New Zealand, and John, my co-host in Norwich. Um, and we have just written a poem with the title, Anyone Else But You. Um, John, since that was your music, actually, before we read it, um, how did you find writing that poem, Bill? Bill? Uh, I, <coughs> excuse me, I, I enjoy doing it. Uh, I like this kind of pressure, which isn't pressure. It sort of makes you mm-hmm. speed along a bit. Uh, so I totally enjoyed that. I think I became very, very predictable <laughs> uh, and, and was glad to get out the end, really. <laughs> but I enjoyed the process. Yeah. Do you, did you feel like in the in that um, pressurized situation, you end up writing poems? You end up basically going into your familiar um, modes because you have a sense that in limited time, you better do the things you know you're good at. Uh, I, I think I do that, but I think every so often uh, something happens, and because of the time pressure and because of the the title requirement you get a little bit pushed sideways from yourself and then then you're surprised by what you've done and then you follow the surprise and with a bit of luck you get somewhere. So right. I think I think for me the process is going to be to come back to all three poems that I do today and uh, see see where I can go with them really. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 feeling of surprise is always um one of the most gratifying things when you uh, are, are amazed to find where you've ended up. Um, so, John, how was it for you? Yeah, certainly that area of following the surprise is kind of um, what I like best about this show, really. I recently, over Christmas, I looked through all of my poems that I wrote last year, a lot of them being stress test poems. And I can really, the ones that I really are fond of are the ones that don't really feel like my own work because they're just like a, a slightly it's like angle that I'd gone that I would never have done normally but because I was having to read it out on a radio show I kind of found myself writing something that was absolutely not in my normal voice or style so having said that this is entirely in my normal voice and style <laughs> um, and it's about a mobile phone which I think is a very um, one rewarding thing to write a poem about. I was a bit annoyed that I'd chosen to write about a phone. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, I found myself immediately trapped by my topic. Uh, it's funny. I, I I think I write quite a lot about phones. I like the. Um, I guess maybe from a from a novelist novel writing point of view, I find phones so. Uh, helpful because they basically bypass all need for um, characters to move around. You just have a character call someone else, and immediately you uh, can have the kind of confrontation that you would normally have to make a travel a character travel for. Um, but yeah, maybe in a poem they're they're less appealing. Yeah, I think I have nothing particularly original to say about phones, so I don't know. Um... What I'm trying to achieve. <laughs> um, great. Well, let's hear your phone poem. It's called Anyone Else But You. You are phoning me, but not today. If we do talk, which. <laughs> you are phoning me, but not today. If we do talk tomorrow, which we will, I'll say sorry. I'll say that my phone was on silence in another room. And I had an early night, you know how hectic it has been recently, especially now that I'm moving. I need so much energy for interaction these days. I don't know how other people do it. I once posted my phone to France. My friend moved there last year to the outskirts of Paris. And those few days... While my messages and calls were being sent to a switched-off phone 
in a post box and then in a sorting office, then across the British Channel on some kind of post boat full of letters written to people who have moved to France for love and pen pal correspondences going back to the 1970s. And when the phone was posted back to me, I phoned you and said, we need to get better at this. Mm -hmm. That was lovely. One day someone is going to look at that poem, I reckon, and and, uh, attach the word lockdown to it and attach the word Brexit to it. Sort of, (laughs) it's not about those things, but it sort of feels like Mm. it needed those two strange world worldwide things to happen somehow i definitely got that absolutely the phone traveling on the post boat across the channel it had that real um longing and also yeah the just the sense of the of the distance between us and the continent mm. Yeah, I didn't think I didn't think of that at all when I was writing it, but it's so clearly there, isn't it? I love that phrase, "the outskirts of Paris." I'm 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 not sure why, but <laughs> there's there's something slightly slightly bleak, bleak and sad about the outskirts of Paris. Though they're probably <laughs> really beautiful, you know, but uh, you know they're not the Eiffel Tower somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a it's a, a poem about romance, but not set in the city of romance. It's set just outside. The yeah, city you, you 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 can probably see romance from your top window. You can get a train there in twenty five minutes. <laughs> exactly. You're on the same you're on the same map as romance, but great. Yeah. We'll build yeah, you thank on. you. I enjoyed that. Thank you. Thanks, John. Um, Bill, do you want to read your poem? Sure. Uh, it's really a bad breakup poem, I think. Uh, <laughs> an imaginary breakup poem. They're not supposed to exist, are they? <laughs> the imaginary getting together poem should exist, but, you know, it probably does. But, yeah, anyway. Anyone else but you. Anyone else but you makes sense to me now that you say it. Anyone else but you would do well enough. We had just finished lunch, which, as usual, you were determined to call brunch when you said it, and the phone rang as if on cue, and there we were with an unknown caller. You were so nice to him or her, laughing at inaudible jokes, and all the time I was getting shorter and shorter, and it hurt the way the world hurts, when it's changing. Anyone else but you, you said it again, and you repeated it again and again, until we were sick of it, until we were done, until we were through. That was great. Mm. It was really good. Yeah, I'm really pleased to have left that person. You know, (laughs) (laughs) never liked it. That's (laughs) right. (laughs) imaginary car crash of a relationship yeah. um, I, wonder, I wonder how they are now the imaginary characters that's right <laughs> moving on yeah maybe hope so I worry I though I worry they're repeating the same mistakes <laughs> yeah. yeah I think I'll reinsert myself into that poem as the unknown <laughs> caller I think that would be the place oh yeah yeah I I really felt when uh, the line you were so nice to him or her, all of those interactions you have in life where you're in an argument and then a third person arrives or the phone rings and a completely different side of your personality or someone's personality arrives and then that ends and they go back to how they were. It's absolutely, absolutely tragic, but very, very real. Yeah, that whole business, that terrible thing of being mean to the people you love and polite and courteous and charming to the people you don't care about. 
you know, they're terrible. <laughs> it's, it's brutal. It's weird how it reveals that, um, it, it, you know, it's a kind of love, isn't it, to be willing to show our nastiest selves to another person. You'd only do it to those you've got that connection with. And yet it's, um, yeah, doing them harm. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you very much. Um, I'm going to read my one, which is also called Anyone Else But You. That tiger shark babies cannibalize each other in the womb is hard to forget. Little preschool of serrated teeth. Now I've started with that. How am I supposed to haul this poem to where I want it to be? Walking through grass so well drawn that every blade has a date and signature. Past a lake full of flowers, blue ones, underwater flowers. I'm not sure they even exist. Anyway, we're here now, and the insects are happily drinking our sweat. I don't know. I, I like that they're happily drinking the sweat. <laughs> yes, exactly. I don't know what whether I was trying to make that last image ominous or um, or jolly. Yeah. I can't imagine it's particularly nourishing. <laughs> well, salt-rich. So yeah, definitely huh. salt rich. Why, why? Why did you start with the tiger sharks? I've just been. That's been been on my mind so much recently. I just, um, you know, I, I've been re- reading about sharks and wanting to, um, wanting to feel good about sharks. You know, they're mm-hmm. obviously they're the, the fear of sharks is totally disproportionate to the reality of sharks. But then you read about sharks and it's just, um, you know, yeah, the, the, the tiger shark thing of by the time a tiger shark is born, it's already killed uh, numerous of its brothers and sisters and it comes out a fully trained um, killer. And, <laughs> but just, you know, you just can't, there's no um, rebranding that for, from the from the shark point of view. You know, that is just an amazing feat of of uh, of evil yeah. so um yeah so no, palm, just, yeah palm just had to walk away from them didn't it having <laughs> having put them on the page exactly yeah. i was like what do i do with this am i going to write am i going to write the poem that is all about uterine ufogy as i've learned it's called oh, um, well. <laughs> or am i going to um run run away from that and that's what i did Starting a poem with an animal fact is a great little, great way to start. Yes, when in, when doubt. in doubt, throw in an animal fact. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got a whole list of them written on my arm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, um, it's yeah, quite frightening. Um, well, that's great. So now we're going to move on and hear a poem. Um, sorry, we're going to move on to Bill's music. So, Bill, would you mind taking us through um, the songs that you've chosen? And if you could pick out some potential poem titles for us, that would be great. Well, I've, 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 I've gone uh, patriotic. And uh, so I've got three New Zealand singer-songwriters. The first is a guy called Don McGlashan, who some of you might know from a group he was crucial to some years ago called The Mutton Birds, good New Zealand title. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, it's called This Is London, and uh, it sort of came into my head mainly because of COVID and uh, the way distances seem to have increased exponentially uh, in all sorts of ways since that started up. Uh, mm. And, yeah, so, it's, so it's, it's, it's someone who's missing London, but it's 12,000 miles away in New Zealand, really. Uh, and it's got a nice phrase in it, the great map maker, a few little phrases like black ice on the bridges, heavy on my shoulder, so on. Uh, the second track is Aldous Harding with a song called Horizon, uh, which is, I think it's called Horizon because she's leaving someone and heading for the horizon. And there's a nice repeated line in there called, 
clear as the horizon. It just comes again and again and again. And and a few nice phrases like water for your wounds, I thought was nice. Mm. <coughs> and then there's the ballad of Tarzan Presley, <coughs> excuse me, which uh, there's a strange, complicated story attached to that. Uh, uh, the, the, the song's by a New Zealand, New Zealand writer called Damien Wilkins, and his group is called The Close Readers. Uh, and he was a friend of the novelist Nigel Cox, who uh, wrote this extraordinary novel called Tarzan Presley, in which Tarzan has, you know, a standard New Zealand upbringing in the remote uh, North Island bush, uh, and uh, eventually goes to Hollywood and has the life of Elvis Presley. It's it's really weird, sounds ridiculous, it's totally wonderful, but the song is about really what went wrong, because the Presley people weren't troubled by uh, the, the way Elvis's life was rehearsed. But the Edgar Rice Burroughs Corporation, who live in a town called Tarzana in California, they they really went crazy about it. And they they have trademarked, they can't copyright the Tarzan books, but they have trademarked uh, the character Tarzan and other characters in the book and so on. And uh, they, they contrived to buy a copy of the New Zealand edition of Tarzan Presley uh, online, uh, and so it was sold to a London lawyer, unbeknownst to anyone in New Zealand, to the publishers, uh, and, and they promptly uh, decided to bring a trademark action in, in a London court, which was something that a small New Zealand publisher could not quite cope with. Mm. So, yeah, it was pretty pretty vile, the whole thing, really. And you'd think and so, law, law firm should be disgusted with itself. Absolutely. Say, yeah. Anyway, and, what so, and what happened to the book? Is it now like a kind of, uh, you know, uh, black market uh, classic? Can you get... Um... Oh, yes. It's, it's a sacred treasure. Yeah, town. Mm-hmm. It's uh, an amazing thing. And, and, and the book has been republished with the uh, uh, cooperation, as it were, of, of Edgar Rice Burroughs Corporation uh, as Jungle Rock Blues. <laughs> okay. and, the main, and the main character has become uh, Caliban rather than Tarzan. Okay, but, it, but so that's all right. But it kind of loses something. Yeah, it really yeah. does. Yeah. So, so the Ballad of Tarzan Presley tells that story of, of Nigel Cox, who was working at the time, helping develop the Jewish Museum in Berlin. So he was living in Berlin when all this was going on. Uh, and did court. and yeah. did they actually? Um... You know, did they manage to suck money from the poor publishers? No, they didn't. Uh, no, they, they 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 would have they would have bankrupted the publisher basically. Uh, right. If, so if, they just had they, to. Yeah, they just had to be very back. heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it's 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 a song about that, and uh, I mean the sad thing is that Nigel Cox went on to publish a couple more novels, but within. Three years, I think, of that book coming out, uh, he, he had died of cancer. So it's a very sad story in all sorts of ways. Mm. And uh, one of the lines I like in, in in the song is the line that says, "What is wrong with this song?" <laughs> when 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 the story reaches a certain point. That's great. And then it then it ends with the phrase that Nigel Cox wrote in a copy of Tarzan Presley for Damien Wilkins, the singer. Uh, he just wrote "Happy Days" and "See You There," hmm. which is kind of a bit heart wrenching mm. when you know the full story. But yeah, yeah, really nice piece of writing, really. Oh, that's that's great. There's so much there. Um, well, I'll just recap on some of the possible titles. I could go with lots of these: um, "Mutton Birds," "This Is London," "The Great Map Maker," "Black Ice on the Bridges." Um, is it where is the horizon or, or, or oh, here. Here, here, is is, here is the horizon water yeah. for your wounds um, what is wrong with this song which is great I mean Tarzana as the town name is also amazing happy days and see you there um, John have you got any, is anything um, jumping out to you um, I quite liked um, this is London mm. I quite liked um, was it here is the horizon Yes. 
Um, yeah, I quite like um, just because it. I just yeah. What what is wrong with this song seems really um, productive to me. Bill, have you have you got any preferences? Uh, I, I think I'd go with what is wrong with this song. I'm happy with that. Because I mean, poems keep going wrong, so you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's it feels productive somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny, are you cool with that? Yeah, I'm very cool with that. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay, great. Um, well, we're gonna have. Bill Manheyer's 15 minutes of music now and we're going to write a poem called What is Wrong with This Song? We would love to hear from you if you're writing along at home at Stress Test Soho on Twitter. Welcome back to Stress Test. Um, that was music chosen by Bill Manheyer, who is with us today in New Zealand. Um, Bill, thank you very much for that. How did you find writing that poem? <laughs> I found it really hard. I, I sort of, I started to drift and uh, I went somewhere else and then I drifted and drifted. I mean, it will just sound like garbled repetition, really. And then I <laughs> thought of Steve, Stevie Smith's poem about the person from Pollock, how she runs out of steam and starts wishing desperately for the person from Pollock to come <laughs> and end her poem for her. Uh, <laughs> it's really good. So, so I threw her in as well and then, oh, that's and, good. And then ran out the door. That's what I did. Good. <laughs> Running out the door is important. Yeah. I hadn't thought of the, yeah, the person from Porlock being a gift that helps you finish the unfinishable <laughs> poem. Um, John, how was that? Um, yeah, like I, I enjoyed it actually, but um, it doesn't really end. It just sort of s- stays with being sat in a room <laughs> thinking. Um, so, yeah, it's it sort of enjoyable to start with and then I just sort of put my pen down <laughs> yeah yeah I feel um well I yeah I was I was really I really enjoyed the title and I I started with loads of energy as well I thought I even wrote it standing up because I thought oh. well, this this is going to be uh-huh. this is going to be an amazing poem and I'm standing up um but <laughs> but similarly I I just really struggled to to get out the door I just couldn't escape it i guess i had a conceit and then i I just couldn't get past the conceit anyway have you got Uh, a standing up desk type thing or were you just standing yes john i've got i've got an electric desk so no i haven't got a standing up desk do you have a standing up desk some people have standing up desks that's true it's good for your back i suppose it's good for your back i Um, used to know an elderly gentleman who had a standing up desk and i think he had the oed on it and he turned a page every day stood there for half an hour Morning. <laughs> I don't know how far he got before he croaked it, you know. But <laughs> I spoke to a novelist who said he wrote a novel standing up because he wanted to attack the novel. <laughs> um, That's quite right. an image. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, stab the novel, maybe. <laughs> Strangle it, yeah. Um, it's great. Well, so should we, since there was, yeah, since that was your music built should we start with your poem okay uh what is wrong with this song what is wrong with this song is what is wrong with me i was walking down one of those berlin streets the ones with all the german names when the words stole up on me nothing can be more heartfelt than a song sung well no one says that sort of thing so i can be the one to say it i sat down for a moment beneath the foreign trees and tried to listen. Nothing much this time, nothing much last time. I want to say that the world makes bad decisions. The weather shifts and shifts, and this gets more and more unsatisfactory, like Stevie Smith on the person from Paulick. I call out this and that to absent friends, to memory, and the singer, yes, is here now, busy changing key. Very nice. Mm, yeah. I want yeah, to say but... that. I want to say that the world makes bad decisions. I really like that line. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly the one true, true statement of the whole poem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I'm. I'm a bit unhappy with it. Really, I think it's sort of. 
goes out the door with a tidy rhyme, you know, rather than right something something it's 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 it deserves to have reached. I think right. that's the problem problem for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean. It, well, it's to good. some extent it's, it's, it's about Nigel Cox and all the Tarzan Presley stuff, but that's so completely buried in the poem that uh, the well, world would not notice. Yeah. It's gratifying, Bill, for someone of your stature, for us to hear someone of your stature not take a poem out the door successfully. So, you know, you, you, you've cheered <laughs> us up at least. <laughs> oh, glad to be of service. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I really enjoyed that. John, do you want... Actually, I'll, I'll go next and you can go after me, John, since we're Great. doing the order correctly. Um, so, yeah, this one is called... What is wrong with this song? I only I only know two chords on the piano, but I really like them. <laughs> I like them so much that I have forgotten all the others. One sounds like riding a bicycle too fast down a big hill. The other sounds like the bay windows of the beautiful house at the bottom of the big hill, in which the owner stands, her left hand holding her right elbow, looking up at the person coming toward her on the too fast bike, unable to tell if he's happy or terrified or some blend of the two. So I go back and forth between the bike and the bay window, the bay window and the bike until they're desperate to crash into each other. But I but I don't have the talent for that. Yeah, I, I mean, even looking at that final line on the poem, I was annoyed with myself. But anyway, I felt like there was, I was just, I was enjoying the poem until I, I, could, I just couldn't finish it. I also couldn't get out the door. Sorry, I shouldn't have uh, swallowed my last line like that. <laughs> <laughs> but but you, can, you can do that ending subsequently, can't you? I, mean, I can, so, I can. It's so brilliant down to that point. <laughs> you know what it made me think of was uh, somewhere John Ashbury gets interviewed and uh, talks about the exhilaration of writing a poem, and he, he uses the comparison of riding a bicycle fast downhill, so that mm. you don't know whether your feet are pushing the pedals or the pedals are pushing your feet, and your your cycling uh, persona there made me think of that that sort of exhilaration, which is also terror somehow yes yeah. yeah i really did feel that as a, in, in the first bits maybe that's why i was standing up i was i had right. that feeling of like oh I'm, I'm into it and then suddenly i couldn't get off the bike but um yeah that was fun i would have liked it if you hadn't told us that you'd been standing up when writing that <laughs> poem and one of us successfully guessed that you it <laughs> standing up it had that sort of quality to it. Exactly. When we do our next poems, can you put yourself in an unusual physical position and then we'll try and get <laughs> by the poem? <laughs> um, John, do you want to read yours? Yes, mine is called What is Wrong with This Song? On my first week living alone, I bought a guitar and wrote a song. A song a week, that's what I decided. And I thought of all the instruments I could buy with my wages. I loved doing things like that, working out my costs with a pen and paper. That's the only time I ever played that guitar in that unfurnished apartment. But if I took it out from under my bed, I could play it to you. I still remember the chords, impressive for someone who taught themselves from a book. It sounds like a cover version of a song you can't place. It's something I'd have liked to do, kept on writing those songs. The first week in a new house, when everything has a soundtrack. That's it. Mm. I was sitting down when I wrote that poem. <laughs> <laughs> Do you play yeah. the guitar, John? No, I've never ever played the guitar. Have um, you ever I planned love... to? 
I've not even planted that much. I had piano lessons when I was young and I hated it so much and I just had clearly no flair. And so I think I made quite a sensible decision of just going, I'm never going to go near learning to play the guitar because it will frustrate me and I won't be as good as all the other guitar people. <laughs> um, so I, I just ducked out of that really early on. Um, probably saved me a lot of torture. Uh, I totally believed in your guitar, you know, especially the point where you put it under the bed. I thought, yeah, that's that rings true. You know, that sounds like sounds like my life. <laughs> <laughs> if I did have a guitar, I'd, I'd have definitely written a song and had this very firm plan of writing a song a week for a year uh-huh. and written one song. Yeah. And then put it under the bed. And then put it under the bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've been, I've been thinking, I feel like everyone has had traumatic, maybe not everyone, but I had very grim piano lessons. I, lo- I locked myself in the larder, um, to escape piano lessons when I was a kid. Wow. I was so desperate not to go. She was a very nice lady. There's no reason to uh, I've hated them as much as I did, but it just seemed like torture being. Also, you know, you can't play, to be able to play music on the piano that you enjoy is a, is a kind of commitment. At least on the, on the guitar, you can kind of strum a few chords and it sounds like songs you know or like, but to uh, get to the level where you actually are playing music that you would want to listen to on the piano just seems a kind of, um, yeah, it, it, it's a, yeah, it's close to an impossible task, especially yeah. if you, yeah, just don't don't have the knack, right? Don't have the rhythms. Oh, good. Well, we are approaching our final songs and our final poem now. Um, so they are my songs. I'm trying to remember what ones I chose. Um, should be able to know that um, I chose If You're Feeling Sinister by Ben and Sebastian White Keys by Chili Gonzalez Lilac Wine by Nina Simone and a song called Trabzon Spore by Cfax Acid Crew um, I think the Ben and Sebastian song has lots of nice lyrics but I I, I do just love the title of that one if, if you're feeling sinister. Yeah, it's a great um, title. Yeah, mm. and I'm surprised I haven't written a poem with that title before. Um, White Keys is maybe an okay title. I like Lilac Wine. Lilac Wine's got some nice lyrics, actually. Let me just look at them. Um, yeah, I put my heart in its recipe. I do things I never should do. Uh, maybe those are two possibilities. Yeah, so I think I, if I were looking for titles, I'd maybe uh, look at If You're Feeling Sinister, I Put My Heart in Its Recipe, and I Do Things I Never Should Do. Um, those would be my options. Bill, do you have a, a, any, of, any of those jumping out? Uh... Either if you're feeling sinister for me, or, or I do things I never should do. Yeah. Either of those feel like I could do something with them. <laughs> uh, John? Um, I feel like I've got the Bell and Spassing song in my head. I don't know if that is a good thing or bad thing. So I think maybe go with the other one, maybe. I do things I never should do? Yeah, that sounds like a... A, a nice area. Okay. Do you think? Yeah, it sounds great. Brilliant. Okay, good. So we are going to write a poem called I Do Things I Never Should Do. We have 15 minutes of music. Uh, again, if you're writing at home, we'd love to hear from you. You can tweet us at, at Stress Test Soho on Twitter. And welcome back to Stress Test. That was our third and final poem. Um, the title was I Do Things I Never Should Do from the Nina Simone song, Lilac Wine. Um, 
how did you find that final poem, Bill? Uh, I'm I'm not at all happy with what I did, or, but but I sort of feel I could I could build a poem out of what I've done. It, I I it, I do things I never should do. I think I just instinctively felt it was a refrain noise, mm. a, a sort of light verse noise, a musical comedy sort of noise. Ah. Uh, and so I I started doing a kind of list poem and in. Four line stanzas with that as the refrain, and it's not very good. But I can I can see that if I really went for it, you know, and and slowly accumulated good lines, ridiculous things to be doing, there would be something something there that I'd be really pleased with. So yeah, I I feel unsatisfied, but but really encouraged. If that makes sense. <laughs> Absolutely, I feel like that's often the best result is coming away with just something that you feel like you can um, take into a private space and develop. Yeah. I really like a good list poem as well. It's a very satisfying thing to both read or write, but I always forget that it's an option. I feel like next stress test I might try and write a list poem. Yeah, they're so good. It's it's absurd how great list poems are. You know, you can, I can't, you know, they, for all that they are the extremely well used form, they never get in in the right way. They in the right hands, they never lose their their power. Yeah, you can do brilliant sort of tonal lurches inside a list poem. You know, mm. you can be going along quite seriously, and then something deranged and ridiculous <laughs> can be added in in another line. And you know, yeah. And sort of unsettle the reader, but let them feel secure as it goes along. It's quite, That's right, because yeah, the structure is so comforting. Yeah. And the direction of the poem is so clear that you can really then go a bit wild. Yeah. And it's, it's a great way of editing as well. You can just come up with 50 things for your list and then really take satisfaction in crossing nearly all of them out and having like a in- 15 list. 15 yeah. things on your list. It's really yeah. great thing to do. Um, great. Well, um, shall I start since it was my music? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I do things I never should do. I'm very angry when I wake up. I have no idea what I am so upset about, but whatever it is, I simply will not stand for it. Don't try to tell me it's just a feeling and it'll pass because that is exactly the kind of thing that someone as angry as me will find infuriating. Like telling a child they're overtired, like setting fire to a Christmas tree. But it is a feeling and it does pass and the fact that you were infuriatingly right suddenly seems likeable. You were right, you are always right and you will go on being right, right through until the morning when, praise be, you will be unforgivable again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that finds the right door to exit through, doesn't it? That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, found a trap door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, immediately from the first line, I was really in that poem. That was like a really sort of, it felt like a very contemporary first line. It's, you know, very angry when I wake up. I, I very much felt that. Yeah. Yeah, Setting okay. fire to the Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> That's what every Christmas tree wants to happen, isn't it? Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a quite, a, a, quietly a COVID poem. That kind of like claustrophobia feeling of um, mm. every day being the same right now anyway you got are you guys sort of surviving okay i mean we're so complacent here in new zealand you know we think oh we've done it we're safe mm. of course we're not but you know i can go out for a walk anywhere i want i can go to a show i can swim at the beach i can go up to strangers on the street and, and hug them if i want to you know uh and very you know and it's midsummer yeah. There you, there you guys are. 
it's it is really crazy i mean i i spoke to my friend in australia the other day and it was just i mean to say it's the other side of the world it's the other side of the world in every conceivable way it just feels um really claustrophobic in london anyway right now i'm sure it's the same in yeah. norwich for john um john what what do you think yeah it is bad isn't it i'm lucky that i live near lots of fields i think without those fields to escape to and to walk across um i i would be in a much worse place um but it's just mind-blowing really like i still can't really get my head around it but um yeah like things are okay i'm, I'm sort of trying to remain sort of positive really but um mm. I, I still don't think i've fully I guess no one has really just <laughs> come to terms with what 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 is happening. It's no, no. But the stories, you know, the stories about right now are going to be, they're going to come in the future, right? The, the, it, it it's kind of like a each day at a at a time. You know, it's a total cliche, but that's how it feels. It's just kind of getting through each day. But the kind of time for understanding this moment feels like it's not going to be until we're at the other side. I don't think anyone in in London has got their headspace to kind of properly reflect at the moment. Yeah. No, I'm I'm already worried about being in that sort of situation of being sociable again and seeing people, and like I'm already worried that what that is going to involve. It feels too much. Right. Processing again with of, of what we've been through. Yeah. Uh, but we're all very impressed with New Zealand. We're New Zealand, all very impressed. New Zealand gets such a glowing, like people just sort of beam when they talk about New Zealand because it's like this beautiful example of a country that just did everything right. And yeah, yeah. Well, we're kind of lucky, basically, that we had a a government that would listen to the science. You know, that, mm. I think it's really that simple. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. What I loved about, I remember reading um, the. Uh, slogan for the New Zealand um, uh, approach to COVID, which which I, I love because it it kind of reappropriated the macho bullshit that that you hear around people not wearing masks and not being mm. socially distanced and not being safe, but made it into it. Get, well, the slogan was "Go hard, go early," and I was like, "Yeah, yeah. that's an amazing, yeah. <laughs> amazing yeah. way to turn." Which it should be, you know, a, a yeah. attacking a virus into like this kind of blokey, um, yeah. you know, every man go hard, go early, like it's a rugby match. I love that, you know, that's a way to to, to acknowledge that what that kind of a caution is is brave, and it's um, that's right. Yeah, it's what the All Blacks, you know, supposedly do: go hard, go early. And often right. the phrase "be kind" was added to that as well. So it was go hard, go early, be kind. Right. Um, Oh, wow. Great sort, of, great sort of triple uh, piece of advice. That's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. if only. Mm. <laughs> well, if we're only. all thinking of you guys, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not great. Um, let's hear some more poems. John, do you want to read your poem? Yeah. I've really enjoyed all three of these, but I don't know if it's because it's January. And I've not really done any writing or anything productive for quite a while. I've really enjoyed doing it. It's not felt stressful at all. It's felt like a, it's felt like I've, I've, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, getting stressed and frantic. Um, this is called I Do Things I Never Should Do. Someone I work with keeps a happiness journal. She updates it every day. She was embarrassed when I asked what she was writing at the desk, beaming a smile. She said I could read it if I wanted to, but it felt too personal to read someone's happiness. Maybe it's because I knew all the things that led to the suggestion of a happiness diary for her in the first place. And what an incredible person it must be to take on that advice, to make a special trip to a stationery store and on the first page write about a dog that you've seen 
or a weird dream, to have your happiness tangible and objects in your bag and on your bedside table. That is a thing that has made me happy. I can't wait to get my pen out. Oh. Oh, boy. That was lovely, John. Yeah. Really good. And I, I don't know, obviously, there are a thousand contexts you can put that into, but just the conversation we've had about COVID, hearing those words in relation to that. It's, it's kind very of, true, actually, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yes, that's great, John. I love that. Um, a dog that you've seen, you know, that's such a lovely, oh, yeah. um, modest happiness. And it is true as well. It is someone that I work with who keeps a happiness diary. And oh, that's going to ask that. And she, and she said, "Oh, you can have a look if you want." And it felt so immediately like, "Oh no, <laughs> I don't want to see." your happiness it felt like a very odd thing to 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 read so i i i i, I, I made i politely refused well we've all been trained to read misery memoirs really haven't we so yeah yeah happiness actually feels more intimate in a strange way right mm. yeah the intimacy of happiness very strange yeah. yeah i think i would have said yes john I think I would have read that happiness diary. Um, I could ask her to post it to you, or to make some. <laughs> would you mind? I could really do with a pick me up right now. Um, wonderful. I could actually. I wonder if Soho Radio would like to do it as a show. Happiness diary. That's a good idea. Yeah. Let's 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 at least do some entries in a happiness diary for when we have our next show. We can. Um, cheer each other up yes great wonderful bill would you mind um finishing with your poem please sure i do things i never should do i climb to the top of the pine tree i paint my neighbor's house blue i send you a top secret message i do things i never should do i walk when the weather goes crazy I tap dance inside of my shoes. I tear up the family album. I do things I never should do. I smash up my sister's computer. I stand on a chair when I shave. I learn French and then I forget it. I cackle and then I look grave. I fizz up the old guacamole. I sign off and then I renew. I come home to home in the evening. I do things I never should do. And that's, that's where I ran up steam, really. But oh, I was very right. pleased to get the guacamole in there. <laughs> Especially for you, John. But, Thank you know. very much. I really enjoyed <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. That was great. But as I say, I feel I can sort of, you know, just, just sit with that form as sort of obvious light verse and, and do some stuff inside it uh, later on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's too, that's too good to not continue building it mm. I loved it I send you a top secret message I really enjoyed that <laughs> that was yeah I could have definitely kept listening to that one and I would say that's one of the greatest uses of a title um, being brought into the poem as well like that really like you're so right about how I guess it's from a Nina Simone song so it will have that lyrical quality to it, but yeah, it re you really um, did absolutely the right thing with it. Mm. It's great. Mm. Anyway, I was I was I was back with the happiness. I was very happy as I was doing it, even though I knew it was it was, it was something that would would happen in the future. But I must say, I really enjoyed doing this whole thing. I'm and so glad. Not, the technology has been really stressful for me, uh, but the writing the poems in a 15-minute slot has been very liberating somehow. I've really enjoyed it. Um, it's incredible, yeah. isn't it, what you can do in 15 minutes? I think that's our yeah. big message of the show is like just sitting down for 15 minutes is an incredible thing to be able to do. Yeah. 
you think it might produce a little book one day or or some online you know would I'd love to see some of the stuff I've heard uh, you know yeah. in whatever form it finally takes yeah hopefully we've we, yeah. we, we last year Nina um, who's the editor at rough trade books this is a this show is is uh, thanks to and under the auspices of rough trade books um, uh-huh. and last year Nina published a few of the poems in a little pamphlet from the first I guess the first six episodes All right. but I yeah. think it was really nice which is still available on the rough trade website it is available on the rough trade website we can send oh, you wow. one in New Zealand Bill oh, um, that would be great that would be great yeah but I think yeah certainly down the line we'd love to have a little a little something and hopefully Nina will ha- will help us to publish it but um mm. yeah I- I'm so pleased you've enjoyed it it's, it's been a real pleasure having you on yeah no I've, I've loved it thank you so thank you very much to Bill in New Zealand where it's Tuesday thank you to John <laughs> in Norwich where it's Monday yeah um I hope you enjoyed listening and um we will hopefully have another uh, international guest next month as we try to continue using the fact that we can't go to the studio in Soho for positive reasons by speaking to exciting poets around the world. Um, so thanks a lot for listening and see you next month.